Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you can do it all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash I-E-Y-E on golf. Back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter here on CBS Sports. I am Chip Patterson, your host, and he is Kyle Porter. He has returned from Ponte Vedra Beach uh, from the players. Kyle, welcome back. Uh, last time we spoke with you, you were live in the blog cabin. Did everybody survive uh, from what was, I'm sure, just sort of an awesome meeting of the minds of some of the, the brightest media stars from the PGA Tour circuit? I can confirm that we did not burn down the blog cabin with our <laughs> with our fire takes uh, on the weekend, uh, but no, it was it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. The PGA Tour uh, hosts a great event, and they were very accommodating. And uh, one of my favorite parts, we got to ride bikes to the course every day, which was just the best. Um, my parents were giving me a hard time about it, which is which is pretty humorous, but. Um, no, we, we had a blast. Just, uh, you know, those are guys, and, and you know this from traveling around, but those are guys that you don't get to see a ton, right. but it's always fun when you meet up at, at big events and, and get to chat about just life generally, but also about the golf. And, and we played a few rounds together, and uh, we, we had a really good time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, especially now where we are able to communicate so much online and by phones and by texting. Some of those conversations that you have just there in person end up being as enlightening uh, as a whole year's worth of communications back and forth else uh, otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And and you talk about more real life stuff than you do online because online you're like, oh, you know, what's Jason Day doing? What's How's Rory hitting? But then in person, it's like, Hey, how's your family doing? How, you know, what do you, one of the questions on Sunday night was, do you think that, that, uh, phones, uh, or do you think, yeah, do you think phones have improved your life or made it worse? And so we got into a long debate about that. So it's just, I don't know, it's just fun stuff. That's also non, you know, golf related that, uh, that makes those relationships, uh, really a blast. Easy on Sunday night for your group to be debating the future of technology when <laughs> the uh, Sunday result, uh, listen, Siwoo Kim came out and just caught fire. You know, from yeah. you were right there, but f- basically from what I witnessed, um, he it was it was like somebody at a craps table. You know, he just he just caught fire and just kept rolling. He kept the pedal to the metal. Shoot sixty eight on Saturday, sixty nine on Sunday, um, and just really takes this event. And I. I thought that you had a very good argument both here on the podcast and on CBS Sports, uh, the digital property with the column explaining uh, the players, uh, you know, the fifth major, how it can carry so much weight. And the recent run of champions gave us the idea that we would be able to get a star studded leaderboard. But it's Siwoo Kim outlasting Ian Poulter, Louis Usazen, Rafa Cabrera Bello, Kyle Stanley, Brendan Steele and Lucas Glover. Not, uh, I, I want to say that like the Kyle curse that maybe put at least one of the balls into the water on number 12 at Augusta might've played a role in a less than star studded, uh, champion or final round, at least down to the players. 
I don't know that the PGA Tour could have, um, before the week, could have laid out a less exciting outcome than <laughs> Siwoo Kim making par at the last nine holes uh, on on Sunday to win the Players Championship. Which I feel bad for the guy. He he's in, and I'd like to get into this a little more. There's there's an American bias, yeah, um, among sports fans. And if Siwoo Kim, I, I told somebody this: if Siwoo Kim went to Georgia and was an American, we would be, people would be, would have been jumping in the lake on 18. They, they'd be so excited about the future of, of his career. He's 21 years old. This was like his 60th event and he's, he's got a player's championship and a window. I mean, we talk about these guys in, in college, you know, guys like Wyndham Clark and, and, uh, and Aaron Wise, who was at, at Oregon last year, all these uh, Sam Horsfeld, who's at uh, at Florida, all these studs that are in college. Guess what? They're all older than Siwoo Kim. These these <laughs> these are these are guys that Siwoo Kim's got two wins and a, and a huge win under his belt at the age of twenty one. But it, it does um, it does kind of undercut my argument last week about this being. A, a, a major like, you know, like a huge tournament. And, it, you know, it, we've had bad major winners before, so it, it's not necessarily that. And and that's not to say that Siwoo Kim is a, is a bad winner. He's just not uh, – he's not necessarily a superstar. He's not had a good year. He's not played that well. Um, he might be a superstar in the future. But the whole leaderboard, especially at at, at, uh, at the very top, was just not really filled with superstars. And it, it, it being out there, it never felt like a major. And I think that's kind of the best argument against what I said and wrote last week. It just never – the atmosphere was like a, a, a rich man's Bay Hill and not like a, a poor man's Augusta. You know, it, it, it just never – you never got that buzz that you get at major championships this week. And that's a bummer. It stinks kind of for Siwoo because people are like, I don't even know who this guy is and, you know, whatever. But um, great win for him. You know, it, it could be the start of what, what uh, potentially could be one of the best uh, careers in in uh, South Korean history. Right. And you know, I don't think that there's, you know, there's not really bad major winners. It's just uh, stories that we, as members of the media, are going to have trouble convincing uh, you, maybe right. casual golf fan, to get really excited about. Because, um, you know, the the fans that are going to ride or die for the golf every single weekend or that are tuning in, even the what I like to call the Sunday-only fans who just want to tune in and they just want to see, you know, the pressure golf on Sundays, like... Those those fans are going to be there, and it, you're absolutely right. If this was somebody who uh, a year ago at this time was playing in the NCAA championships, then everybody from that school would be caping up for him just because yeah. it was just uh, someone who you had nothing else really to hang your hat on. And like from what I saw looking back uh, between Saturday and Sunday, like Siwoo Kim hasn't even had a great uh, – like he has the Wyndham, but he hasn't had an, a fantastic season in his last like seven or so starts. No, he's got uh, I think one top ten on the year. Uh, he's had one thing, and and I think this needs to be noted. He's had some injury troubles. He struggled with a back okay. injury. He's had four uh, WDs, which is not good. Um, but he he was in the middle, and and I think it was Jaime Diaz of Golf World wrote a, wrote a really good story about this. Uh, he's, he's gone to, um, to Sean Foley recently, who's obviously Tiger's old coach coaches, Justin Rose and a couple other guys, uh, to kind of help 
fix his swing to uh, uh, alleviate or mitigate his back problems. Um, so he's had some injuries. Uh, the win came not even a year ago, so it's still somewhat fresh. But yeah, it's not been a very good season for for old Siwoo, but he was just lights out yeah. at – at a t- at a really tough course on Saturday and Sunday, one bogey over the final thirty six holes at that course in those conditions where you don't see anybody besides him get to double digits under par. I mean, that's that's legit, and it wasn't a it wasn't fluky. It wasn't somebody fell apart and he made birdie at the last three or whatever. He just went out and won it, mm-hmm. and I, I was impressed with what he did. He's got a great swing. You know, we talked about that. Uh, the people that were there, we talked about that a lot. His and and I and you saw it last year at the Wyndham. His swing is outrageous. I mean, it's really really good. Um, and any any what do you what and, do you and, like about it? So you've you've got a pretty good eye for. Sw- I like your swing analysis sometimes. What do you like about Siwoo Kim's swing? Uh, it's just it's really smooth and natural. Like you get some guys like okay. So look at Ricky Fowler for example. I re- I personally really like Ricky Fowler's swing. I think it's very unique, but it doesn't look it doesn't look like he just was like born with that swing. It looks like he adopted it and made it his own, which is great. Um and, and again, I, I really like that swing. But Siwoo looks like he just like picked up a club and that's how he started swinging. You yeah. know? And he had a ball. We were, we were sitting on eighteen on Sunday, him and, and Louis Ustazen and Ustazen, first of all, his he hits three wood off eighteen. A lot of guys hit three wood off eighteen. Louis Ustazen hits his three wood like 20 feet off the ground. I mean, it is just pro pro tragedy just out of control. I mean, it's just unbelievable the way he was hitting it off 18. But then Siwoo gets up there, $2 million on the line, Players' Championship, you know, all these things that are on the line, and he just murders a three wood. And just the the line that he took, I mean, it landed like 10 feet next to the water on the down the right. left-hand side on 18. It was just... It was it was beautiful. Like I loved watching it. Um, he just doesn't have that. I think super engaging, buzzy personality, and and uh, but he's also twenty one. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah, that's true. He's not galvanizing though. Like when he won on eighteen, I was like, does he even know that he won? Like he just gave <laughs> right. like a like a little sawed off two handed fist pump, and you're like, what? Come, come on, like get excited. <laughs> you know, you just won two mil. You won the players. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, yeah, love his swing. I think he's gonna have. Uh, I think he's gonna have a good career. We, I was gonna ask you this because we debated it on Sunday night. More wins from this point forward: Siwoo Kim or Jason Day? Jason Day. Mm. Yeah. There was a lot of Siwoo answers. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. I'm. I'm still gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm still gonna put put my chips as you know. It, all health concerns understood. I'm still gonna put my chips with the f- former world number one. Yeah, I mean it's it, there's there's not really a wrong answer there. I think I might go Siwoo Kim. Wow. Uh, he's he's got nine years on Day. Day's a great player, obviously, but Day also has struggled with injuries, and yeah. he's, he's I think he's thirty. I don't know that he will play into his. I don't know that he'll play really well into his late thirties and early forties. Um, but Siwoo also has has injury issues as well, so I don't what, know. What I do think we, it'll be interesting. So, do you think that his uh, what is the ceiling right now on the PGA Tour in terms of is KJ Choi the premier South Korean golfer in PGA Tour history? I think so. I don't know. I think KJ's got. I know he has a players. I think he's got 
I don't know, five wins. Um, I'll tell you what, KJ's about to just rip everybody up on the Champions Tour. That guy's going (laughs) to make so much money beating everybody up on the Champions Tour. Uh, KJ Choi has eight wins, eight PGA Tour victories. Pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, I think think Siwoo Kim could uh, surpass him over the course of his career as like the most successful South Korean golfer. Yeah. K- wow. KJ Choi's made 32 mil in his career. How about that? Sick. Sick. For, for 431 <laughs> events, eight wins, 32 mil. I think that's a, that's a, um, I don't know. I think that's around the ceiling for, for Siwoo. I think 10 wins is, is maybe like the ceiling with, with a major maybe in this players. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's hard because his pedigree chip is is really good. He got his PGA Tour card at at age seventeen. Uh, they actually he actually had to wait because you're not allowed to be on the tour until you're eighteen. So he had to wait after he got his card at Q School, um, I believe, until later the next year to st- actually start playing on the PGA Tour. Um, so it's it's a great pedigree, um, but it's also it's it's hard to win a lot of PGA Tour events and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think 10 wins and, and a major is, is maybe Siwoo's uh, ceiling. Well, Siwoo didn't have uh, the most dramatic reaction on 18. And uh, the, you mentioned you didn't really have necessarily all that buzz coming down the stretch on Sunday. Uh, and, like, and like you said, nine pars on a final stretch where the biggest selling point is it makes you go for birdie every single time. Yeah. Uh, d- didn't really connect right there. But we had a chance. We had one... One little thread, uh, and it wasn't even an American golfer because the American bias has turned on this one. Sergio <laughs> came in, man, and then Sergio birdies two, and then it all came crumbling down uh, for Garcia. He had the ace. He had the bounce off the railroad ties. Uh, this was his first action since the Masters. It, you know, at different points throughout the weekend, Sergio was the biggest headline. So definitely want to get your your thoughts from being there. Uh, what do you think of Garcia and his performance here? Like, is this is this going to be a really good season for him? I mean, or are we going to be? Yeah, what what are you expecting for him the rest of the season after uh, his performance in the players? Well, it was funny because he came in and you got the feeling that he had not picked up a club since, <laughs> since he since he made that putt at the Masters. Like he's just been, you know, doing the the Tour de Green Jacket and uh, just basking in his Masters win as we all would. Um, but he had he had been practicing and I don't know. He's just he was so like giddy about he, or he still is so giddy about being the the Masters winner, which. I think it's great. Like people hate on Sergio, but seeing him say, you know, there are times when I can't, I still can't believe that I won the Masters. That that's how you and I would react. That's what we would say. Yeah. And I just think that is, I think that's the coolest thing ever. But in terms of his week, um, he shot 67 on Saturday, which I think was one off the low round of the day. I, I thought he was going to have a, a, I didn't know if he was going to win on Sunday just because. He would have had to shoot another 67 to get into a playoff, but I certainly didn't think he was going to shoot a 78. Yeah. He he is so good on that course and it's easy to see why now from from after after being there. The course makes you it makes you work the ball both ways. It makes you make a lot of decisions. It makes you try to, you know, you have to hold greens with long irons from a long way away. All of these things, which is, you know, he's very good at. And so it's pretty easy to see, like, why he's successful there. But 
going out in 41 on Sunday was not not good. And <laughs> he just it, – it's hard because I, I, I was actually following him and Patrick Cantlay. And it's not like he was just, you know, hitting horrific shots. But that place, TPC Sawgrass, makes you be so precise and so dialed in with every single shot um, that it, any single mistake can be magnified and can turn into a double or triple bogey before you even know what happened. And that's obviously what happened with him uh, on, on Sunday. I, I was surprised that he fell apart. Um but also, I, you know, encouraged by the fact that he shot 67. I think he's going to have a great year. He's defending at Byron Nelson uh, later on this week here in Dallas. And I, I think he's I think he's going to contend in at least one more major throughout the year. Sick. Uh, his ejection, though, not quite like J.B. Holmes. Posting, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Posting an 84. I mean, that's that's an all-time, right? We we played golf a couple times during the week. His his honestly his bat nine scorecard looked a lot like one a couple of my scorecards. <laughs> two two birdies, three bogeys, uh, a quintuple on seventeen, and a double on eighteen. That that I think I legitimately had like the exact same scorecard at at uh, at one of the places we played. It was I just an eighty four. I mean, he goes sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy, eighty four. And it and felt like we were seeing more uh, scores in the 60s on Sunday than we had earlier in the week. Yeah, and it, you just you don't expect that from somebody in the final group, and especially somebody like him who's got, I think, four or five PGA Tour wins, somebody who's been around a lot. Uh, but again, it's a place where you miss by two feet. I mean, look at the Sunday pin on 17. You miss that by three feet to the right, and you're looking at a double bogey. You yeah. know, you miss it again. <laughs> by three feet to the right, you're looking at a, what what he did, quintuple bogey. So it's a place that is very demanding mentally, and uh, it just it just uh, somebody said this throughout the week, but it just wears on you. It just wears you out as a player because of how um, how precise you have to be. The other thing that can really wear you down is when you're trying to post uh, all sorts of job offers to all these different sites, and if you're hiring. You need to know where to post your job to find the best candidates. Posting your job in just one place is not enough to find quality candidates. And if you want to find the perfect hire, you can post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter.com. Post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Just quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses all across the country. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash I-E-Y-E, golf. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. Kyle is not hiring like astute listeners have sometimes thought. <laughs> that was a great segue, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, I tr- you yeah. know, we, that's 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 why I'm the pro here, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of pros, I, I do want to ask you about um, Brennan Steele here in a minute. He jumped out at me this week, this week. But we have uh, the some of the superstars need mention here because we play the hits. Uh, Dustin Johnson came in and had a a pretty good finish i guess he didn't did he finally get that top 25 he hasn't gotten yet 
Yeah, he finished T12. T12. Um, okay, so uh, Dustin Johnson um, and Rory McIlroy. What were your takeaways from uh, the big the big stars here? And, of course, Rory also with the, the back issues coming in. You know, what what's sort of the foreseeable future right there? Well, it, it's interesting, and, and I didn't um, – oh, some people said that. I think Shane Bacon might have said this, but – this is a course that really sort of takes away driver a lot of times because there's a lot of uh, either forced layups or just places you can't hit driver because you're, you you can't you, you can't, can't miss. miss. Yeah, you just can't yeah, afford you, to miss. Yeah, you can't miss in certain spots. Or you're gonna make a triple bogey, and so it really kind of neutralizes guys like DJ and Rory. Um, but again, like those are two of the best ball strikers in the world. So. Yes, it sometimes takes driver out of their hands, but <laughs> who else do you want hitting a four iron or a six iron into some of these greens? Like I, I don't know. Like they're, it's not like they can't win the tournament. But I, I was, I was actually pretty impressed with the way DJ played, just considering his history um, at the course, finishing. You know, he didn't have any rounds in the 60s over the first three days, and then he finishes with 68. And, and and Sunday was really an opportunity to climb up the leaderboard because you had a lot of the Saturday night leaderboard was not great. And it actually ended on Sunday as also not great. But you had a lot of guys that were ejecting like J.B. Holmes and um, VJ. Emilio, oh, that was Saturday. Yeah, he had his Saturday. That was ejects. Saturday. Emiliano Grillo. Like just just guys that they, they've not been necessarily in that position before. Um, and DJ did that. He climbed 32 spots on Sunday. Um so I, I don't think this does anything to dissuade me from from thinking that DJ is going to win every single tournament he enters. Like we we were riding to the airport yesterday, and and somebody at Brendan uh, who was on the the podcast uh, on last Wednesday, he said, "Who who do you think who you got at the U.S. Open?" Um, he goes, "You think Siwoo goes back to back?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ah, eh, no." Nah. Uh, but I I just DJ. I mean, it, that's just the. He's the guy right now, and him finishing T12 at uh, at Sawgrass doesn't um, doesn't dissuade me from that. As far as Rory goes, um, I, I would have liked to have the uh, the back injury information before I made my picks last week. Right, uh, he just clearly is not able to practice the and and perform the way that he wants to. He had an MRI on Monday, said so there's not a new injury, but it's kind of an aggravated. Uh, version of of what happened to him early in the year when he had a stress fracture in his rib. I don't think it's, I don't necessarily think it's holding him back on the course. I just think he's not able to get completely comfortable, and he's he's just not able to practice as much as he would like. And and I think that showed. I think he was just a little bit rusty. Um, he's just the thing with him. He's so good that. Even when he's not playing that well, he still makes cuts and still finishes, you know, top 30, top 40. I think he finished T35 or something like that. Um, but again, like that is a course where you got to be so precise. And he struggles sometimes with wedges from 110 yards, from 140 yards. Um, so I don't know. I think for him to win there, he's got to tighten that up in the future. And, uh, it, you know, if he does, it, he could win a couple of those at, at that uh, sawgrass. So is this Rory McIlroy working out too much? Is he is you he know, is he getting too is he getting too strong? That's a take that a lot of people. I know I know Brandel Chambly loves that take, and there's a lot of people who who like that take. I, 
I, I, I struggle with it because it's like, who, 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 are, athlete, who, who are you to understand what is the right workout regimen for another human being without being well, a professional yeah, exactly. trainer? Yes. And he won the, he won the open and the PGA championship and the Bridgestone consecutively in for, in 2014. And he was doing, he was doing the, I mean, he was looked the same as he does now. It's, it's not like, yeah, that's not Rory's fault though. I think that's tiger's fault with the, with the, like, yeah. with the the idea that Tiger put his body through hell playing a role in uh, some of his breakdowns later and you know as if there's like not enough you know people that are trying to draw lines between Tiger and Rory I think I think that's the I think that's like the path of least resistance for water or something like it's just it is it is a lazy take for sure yeah I agree and, and I think that it's um it, it yeah, it's just it's just not a great take. But I also think that there's something to this idea of you want to stay and and obviously like you you want to stay super flexible and you want to stay um, you want to stay in the right kind of shape as a golfer. It's different than like football. I would actually equate it a little bit to baseball. How if you're a pitcher or if you're a if you're a hitter and you get too big too jacked in the wrong way it can kind of mess you up just because those are those are very unique muscles that you're using in those sports and I think golf is a, is a lot the same way like look at Sergio Garcia like he's not I think he's like somewhat physically fit but he's not like jacked like you wouldn't go up to Sergio and be like man look at this guy but he's he's it you know he hits at 340 yards off the tee like it, it's 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 weird in that way like big muscles do not equate to hitting it a long way in golf and and I think I mean Rory obviously knows that and and something that we talked about he's not like he's not like rolling into the gym like you and me and just doing curls to like get big like he's doing like a regimented workout that someone has prescribed for him and said this is this is a good thing for golf um I, I I wonder sometimes if it's affected maybe some of his touch, like like we talked about from a hundred yards and in. I don't that's complete speculation. I, I think it would be interesting to to talk to him in depth about that. But in terms of being a really good golfer, I just I I don't uh I, I think it's just kind of a, a dumb take, but not I d I don't want to completely dismiss it, you know. Like I think there might be a little something there, but I don't know where and I don't know like necessarily how it's affecting him. It's speaking of uh hot brandle takes, uh and I don't want to just turn <laughs> dedicate too much to this, but like Ian Poulter playing really well was a good story here. Um and, you know, there were he caught caught some uh caught some flack for apparently not being aggressive enough near the end of his round. Poulter fires back. Uh, we can dismiss the, you know, or were you, he wasn't trying to win the players comment, whatever. I mean, Poulter played really, really well, seemed very happy to be there. I mean, you were there. Uh, we were talking about like what storylines were we rooting for? Poulter winning would have been a good one. Um, what was, what was your general take? Uh, not necessarily on the controversy, but even on uh, Poulter's play here and sort of what his story of the early season has been. Well, I, I walked with Poulter for the last three holes and he was not, he was not going at flag sticks. Now there's a number of different ways you can interpret that. Um, one of them is that he might've thought, and he was too, he was too down at the time um, on 16 and 17. And one of the ways you can interpret that is he thought that maybe Siwoo Kim collapses down the stretch. And I think that's probably the most likely way to interpret it. 
Um, the other way to interpret it is that he just wanted a high finish, grab, grab a lot of cash, get those world ranking points, get those FedEx cut points, and, and kind of set himself up for the next year or two years. And that's not... That's not wrong to do that. I think it's. Uh, I think we kind of look down upon it because oh, we like winners and we like guys that go, you know, <laughs> yeah, no yeah, laying, yeah. no laying up and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with that probably. But there's nothing, you know, a lot of guys. You can make a lot of money and you can you can you can set yourself up really well for the next two years by finishing high in in some of these majors or the players championship. So. I agree with the take that he wasn't going at pins because I watched him for the last three holes and he was not going at pins. Um, but I don't necessarily think that was the wrong thing to do given where he's been almost losing his tour card and, and, and maybe where he wants to go. Like he, he was thinking, uh, if I can finish at eight, that might be good enough. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Poulter is somebody and, and I don't, I don't know, like this is going to come off probably bad or whatever, but I think he's somebody who he just likes uh, – I, I don't think he, like, cares a ton about winning. And, and I think a lot of these guys are like this. But I think Col- I think Poulter cares about being relevant. I think he cares about being relevant so that people will listen to his takes. Like, he, he loves to talk. He loves for people to, to hear him talk. And guess what? You're relevant if you finish T2 at the Players' Championship because you get brought in for a press conference and you get – interviewed afterwards you get uh, you go play the uh, bmw pga championship on the on the european tour you uh, i don't know if he got it i think he's close to getting into the u.s open so i think he i think he in his mind somewhere has hey let's be relevant let's not necessarily go for the win and do something stupid but let's be relevant so that people will listen to me for the next couple months or years hey to polters if that's his attack method you know jb holmes didn't get called in for a press conference like that <laughs> you know like so, yeah, I, I know. All right. Uh, one more bit of controversy that I want uh, some insight from the scene. Uh, Billy Horschel fires a 75 and a 76, gets into it with fans, has to offer a Twitter apology, uh, rocks the no laying up shirt for his Twitter apology, which I think was really like an extra plead to uh, the the cool kids of the internet golf community just to show that he's uh, he's he's one of them. You know, what's... What what was going on here with Horschel, and uh, and do you think that it was blown out of proportion? Um, yeah, I think everything like that is blown out of proportion <laughs> because because people are so uptight in golf. It's like if Tom Brady throws his helmet down in frustration on the sideline, it's not a it's not a national news crisis, you know. Like I, it, it, stuff happens, and you get. You know, I, I actually uh, Horschel was actually on my plane yesterday back to Dallas, and I, I overheard him talking to somebody. And I, I don't, I wouldn't say this if it wasn't positive. I wouldn't talk about overhearing him talking about something negative. But he just sort of re, he was talking to somebody I don't know, but he reiterated like, I look, I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to throw my club at my caddy or whatever, and so. Not only did he say that publicly in his in his Twitter message, but it was what he was saying privately as well. So, like, I, I just I think he's a, I think he's a genuine guy who um, who runs like, a little just, hot. He runs a little hot, right? Yeah, and who doesn't? And like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just people were getting on Justin Thomas for the club toss on eighteen. Like, who cares? Like, 
okay, you get mad and throw you like we've all done that. Like there, there's just there's such a sense of like, oh well, this is golf and everybody needs to act a certain way and like you can't ever show a mode and it's like get out of here. Like this is p- guys, you know, playing seventy two holes for two million dollars. Like, of course they're gonna be pissed off. Like, just get over yourself about about how you don't like the way a certain guy's eye. I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's silliness. Who was to your right when JT threw the club? Uh, Chris Solomon, no laying up. Yeah. I looked up at him and he was just, it, it would have been amazing if there was a cameraman between Thomas and, and Solomon. If the cameraman wasn't there, you would have just seen him just shaking his head, just in just in <laughs> disgust over the over the shot that JT hit. Uh, but also uh, pride over the fact that he that he threw his club up in the air, just a just right out of like page one of the tour sauce. That's book. what I was thinking. Like the fact that uh, the fact that y'all are there, the fact that it, that was a a fantastic saucy moment. Oh man, I just I felt. I felt so happy for you. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was perfect. Like, it was, and, and apparently JT saw the video and he thought it was hilarious. And yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Cause, uh, cause I mean, and, and not the, like he, Justin knows the crew, right? Like is very aware of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Of the yeah he's in, he's yeah. all the way in. Oh yeah. He's the best. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, all right. He is Kyle. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, make sure that you subscribe. Coming up next, we will have our expert picks and our preview from the Byron Nelson right in Kyle's backyard. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. Kyle, thank you so much. Absolutely, Chip. Can't wait to do it again on, uh, what are we doing this, Wednesday? We'll t- yeah, Wednesday. Tomorrow. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm in.